The progress you made in your Christian life was a result of having heard that word. Having heard that. It was a simple word and it was that, and I actually shared it with, where were you there? I shared it with you this morning, Craig. Where the scripture tells us, and don't ask me where it is right now, but I'm sure you'll be able to find it easily enough. It says that God is not a respecter of persons. If you, if you can take away anything today, understand this, is that he hasn't found a certain group of people and put them up here and everybody else is down here. He, he doesn't do that. He's not a respecter of persons. And that means that it's up to you to get out of the boat and walk on the water. It's up to you. You can do it. You can be the one that says, you know what? Jesus said, come and I'm going. And you know, we just sung the song Oceans, which is just about that. Where Peter just hopped out, hopped out of that boat and saw Jesus and said, I'm coming. Can you imagine what it would have been like? Just, you know, on top of the water, he walked. You know, Peter walked on that water. How powerful is that? And, and you know what? The truth is, the others could have come as well. The others could have jumped out and been on there and said, let's go. I'll, I'll, I'll race you. Can you imagine if they'd been that bold to jump out as well with Peter and run? Jesus had said, come. You know, in the scriptures, we find a whole lot of things that the Bible says are for us to just be activated in our faith by. And it's up to us to to get out, of the, get out of the boat and do what God's called us to do, to come, you know, to find that scripture the, and, and run out on the water and, and be and live above the circumstances, live above the natural circumstances. And um, as the saying goes, I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat Christian. You know, Peter sunk in that water simply because he got his eyes on the things that were going on around him. But if he just stayed, I don't know where they would have gone. They probably would have gone for a good jog around the boat with the other guys. Come on, guys, it's so easy, you know. Just uh, like we were running around this morning saying it's not so hard. But, you know, it, and I've seen a mural. It was a very nice mural, actually, and I, I tried to talk Rosemary into buying it for me, but she didn't get the hint. But um, very, very beautiful uh, mural of... And it's a picture of you looking up out of the water to Jesus reaching down. Who's seen that mural? Some of you have seen that? So beautiful. It's such a, such a great concept. And, uh, you know, it's with looking through the water and seeing Jesus' hand being reaching down into the, into the water to pull Peter out of the water. But he'll do it every time. Amen? You know, if we'll just step out in faith, that he'll be there with us. We get to partner with him. And, uh, and it's such an exciting lifestyle. We don't get to do this by ourselves. We get to do it with him. Amen. Thank you, uh, worship team. That was awesome this morning, wasn't it? It really took us into a great place. And, uh, and we love that. Well, um, we're, um, we're again uh, just stepping into, uh, uh, I, I probably believe this will be the last, last of the series. And we've been into it for a little while now. It's called The, the Healing Power of God, this series. And, and uh one truth that we have considered, and, and of course um, uh, we've understood that in the Gospels we see different ways to receive the power of God. 
the healing power of God. We, you know, it can be by your faith. It can be at times, uh, can be through God's faith. We've talked about the miracles that have just, you know, uh, can just fall out of heaven when we're not even really trying hard ourselves. And those, those gifts of the spirit we understand operate as he wills. I heard a testimony and I'll share this one. I'm just trying to remember the name of the, of the minister. We used to listen to a lot of his sermons during Bible college on video. Every now and then we'd have video teaching at Bible college. And, and uh, this was one that featured quite often. And uh, he was sharing a testimony in his uh, uh, teaching that particular day of how he was doing a healing line. And um, he, he knew, he, he, he had prayed for this young girl uh, who had uh, an, an issue with her eyes. They had laid hands on her, prayed for her, and was moving down the line. True story this, okay? It's on the video. And as he got down, he got <laughs> distracted in his praying for someone because there was a bit of a commotion back up the line there. And a few people had started to gather around this little girl. And uh, as he... As he came back to see what was going on, she's going, she's got, a, <laughs> she's got a hand over her eye and she's pointing at different things around. I can see, I can see the, the sign at the back of the auditorium there. I, I can see that picture. And, it, and he immediately thought that her bad eye had been, you know, healed. And uh, I know a little bit about that because I'm believing for a healing on my eye at the moment. But... Um, but there she was, and she had her eye covered, and she's, you know, pointing and pointing at this, and everyone's just sitting there going, wow, and people are starting to cry, and, and uh, <laughs> he comes up and says, well, tell me about your healing. She says, well, God's given me a new eye, and she opened up her hand, and there was, there was a glass eye in her hand, glass eye, and the eye that she was looking with was a new eye. Wow. I must find that video somewhere and see if I can get it out there on YouTube. Real story, real testimony. You see, God's all-powerful. He can do a miracle like that. He can put new eyes in eyeballs. You know, he can grow out legs. He can do all those things. Now, we don't see a lot of that happening as far as healing goes. But you hear the testimonies every so often. Those are, that's his faith at work. That's him doing the work. They are miracles, they are, they are healings, they are gifts. And as the scripture says very clearly, they're as he wills. And what we've been looking at is that, you, you know, there's nothing wrong with your faith in those moments, but it's not up to your faith. It's his faith that's actually at work. Nothing wrong with bring, coming with your faith. But we've been seeing that in some of the gospel accounts, it's a little bit of both. And, uh, Faith remains important in our approach. So always come to God believing. Don't put your faith on hold because you think God is going to heal uh, with his faith. In other words, don't be waiting for those moments. He's given us access to his healing power through our faith, through our believing. James, in his letter, asks the question, are there any sick among you? And, uh, and, of course, it's a, a scripture we should look to and just read. It says, Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, 
and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Well, we understand that healing is a part of the atonement. We don't just get forgiveness of sins, we also can receive healing. So we understand the two are very closely connected. But you see, another method to receive the healing power of God is being described here. And we haven't looked at it so far, and I thought we'd just add this in. It's simple. Call for the elders. The laying on of hands. You know, it can, it can occur any time you put the request in. But it's also a regular part of our Sunday services. Our altar call is an important part of our our Sunday services. Is that opportunity at the end of the service to come to the altar, ask for the, uh, the pastors to pray over you, uh, and of course uh, seeking God to heal through the laying on of hands. And we see people coming down to be restored, to make a recommitment, and we see some coming down for physical healing. And uh, it's what James is talking about here in James chapter 5. And, uh, and, you know, I just wanted to um, uh, share today that notice that it's the prayer of faith that is important in that uh, context. You would hope that the elders know how to pray the prayer of faith. And that's why we encourage people to come down to the altar because we do know how to pray the prayer of faith. And it says here, look at it, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. I believe, um, I believe, uh, it just, just again, confirmed during the week, prayed with uh, one of the young fellows at the back there, had a, uh, a bit of a bad shoulder uh, through, uh, uh, through uh, an encouragement to come down the front. How's that shoulder going? All healed? Amen. All healed. So, you know, uh, it doesn't matter how little the ailment might seem or, 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 or they'll get better. Come and come down the front. Let the Lord show you that he wants to uh, be faithful to you in those little things, those little matters. Bring it to God. Amen. You know, we make room for the altar call um, because we believe Jesus is a healing God. And uh, in our services, we want people to come and receive from that. We, we make an opportunity to do that. You know, it's what James is talking about. But notice... The prayer of faith is important. You would hope, as I say, that those that are down the front praying, and that's why we say that it's the pastors that you'll be prayed for uh, by when you uh, come down the front, because the pastors know how to pray the prayer of faith. Amen? And we're going to talk a little bit about that. You know, the Apostle Peter describes the prayer of faith in Acts chapter 3, explaining how at the gate beautiful, the lame man that got healed, Peter was clear on how that lame man got healed. I'm interested to know. Don't just show it to me. Tell me how it works. Amen? I want to know how it works because I want to apply it in my own life. Spoke last week about my brother who had it in him to buy a new motorbike and the first day he had it, he started to pull it to bits. Why? Because he wanted to know how it worked. Must run in the family because I was the same with faith. I want to know how this works. I want to be able to you know, see it and understand the principles of it and apply it in my own life. And after 40 years, 1st of May, I would recommend it. 1st of May, 40 years living as a Christian, I would recommend actually living by faith. And, um, and it's because it does work and, and God shows up in your life as you live by faith. Amen. Um, 
Peter didn't start handing out business cards on the day or promote himself as a healing evangelist or, or tell John that he better get to work on that monthly newsletter. That's not what was important at the day, you know, when Peter and John were at the gate, beautiful. In fact, he distances himself from the healing. Look at it in Acts chapter 3 and verse 11. It says, now as a lame man who healed, uh, who was healed, held on to Peter and John. You know, they, he, he was thinking he needs to just keep hanging around with these guys because they got healing flowing in their life and this might come back at any minute, you know. And so he's hanging on to them. And, and of course, all the people rang together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people. Listen what he said. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? It is a good word. Amen. He's explaining it wasn't us. It was the prayer of faith that got this work done, that got this man healed. Somewhere here, someone, I tell you, someone needs to hear this today. Stop making it about you. The minute we stop making it about us, it becomes about him. And we move over to the most needful requirement, which is to glorify Jesus. That's why we're still here. It's because we've been left here to glorify Jesus. And I like it. In Acts chapter 3.16, he goes into even more detail. And in his name, through faith in his name. There's the prayer of faith being explained. And, his, and in his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him the perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And he even says it, it was not because of our godliness. You know, wasn't because of that. Wasn't become, because of some power we've got that, you know, we're now operating in and functioning in and, and, and makes us so special. His name through faith in his name has made this man whole and uh, has made this man walk. Amen. Let's make sure that we are those people that are dedicated to working with God and not just for him. Make the shift, all right? Make the shift. We're not just here to work for him. We're here to work with him. And if we'll start getting some of these truths tucked in our heart and walk out with the determination that we're going to walk in it, watch what God does through you. Because he's not a respecter of persons. You know, he's not thinking about where you came from. He's thinking about how you are now seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's how he sees you now. You're a new creature. A new creature in Christ Jesus. And you need to stop thinking about you and all your limitations and start seeing yourself in the light of who you are now in Christ Jesus. So those people that you know that have got need in their life. How many of you can say, I know people that have got need in their life? The answer is already with you to make a difference in their lives. It's already in you. It's not something that's going to come later. You already have it. So what's next? Step out of the boat. Amen. Step out of the boat. Act on his word. Amen. Make a difference in those people's lives. You know, our Sunday altar call is for those that want prayer. 
it will be a pastor who prays for you at the altar here at Victory Life Broome. Why is that? Because we just don't want anyone praying uh, at, in the altar call. We want those who know what they're doing. Those in sync with the church leadership and who agree with our statement of faith. Amen. 1 John, look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 to 15. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if, he knows, if, if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we asked of him. Great scripture, a great teaching on faith. If we ask anything according to his will. Well, here's the question. Is it God's will to heal? Absolutely. Won't get any argument, I don't think, from this, uh, from this room today. You see, the prayer of faith, simply put, is a prayer of confident expectation. You get prayed for down the front uh, at the altar call on any given Sunday or any time we're having ministry, those that are praying for you are believing that you're going to be healed. Not only that, but they believe that you are already healed. Because we know that healing is a part of the atonement. That's when the provision was made for your healing. God's not going to do anything more for you in heaven for you to receive your healing. And that's, that's the thing that we sometimes just sit there and get all confused by that. Because the, the provision for healing was made at the cross. It says in Isaiah 53, by his stripes we are healed. All we're doing when we're coming down the front is just receiving it. We're just getting what belongs to us. And it's good news. It's not, Lord, please heal my brother, so and so. I really hope you will. Amen. It's not that kind of prayer. Lord, if it, will, if it be your will, heal my sister of a sickness. Amen. We're never asking if it be your will. You'll never get that in a prayer line here. Because we already know it's a done fact. Now, someone says, but what about those moments when, when, you know, it's God's faith? Well, that's up to him to move via his gifts. And, you know, you weren't even expecting it. And we've talked about that through this series. So it's your faith or his faith. I say, don't wait for his faith. Nothing wrong with waiting, but why not put your faith to work? Why not step out of the boat yourself? Why not come and get what God has for you? If you ever find yourself in a prayer line and that's what's being prayed, you're at the wrong altar. That's what I would say. You're in the wrong prayer line. The wrong person is praying for you. And they're not praying the prayer of faith. They're praying a prayer of unbelief. All right? And as sincere as those people may be, they are sincerely wrong because we already know what the will of God is concerning healing. We don't have to go to him and ask if it's his will to heal. We can read the Bible and find out that it is his will to heal. Amen. And if you are settled about God's will concerning healing, come to the altar. I say come every Sunday. You know, wear out the carpet coming. <laughs> Why not? You know, it's, it's, it's freely given. Amen. Come every Sunday. If that's what it takes for you to come every Sunday, just to get your faith right, and it's like every time you come down, it's like you're stepping out of your boat, you know, to walk on the water. Stay in faith. Receive your healing. Apply your faith and patience. 
The prayer of faith is prayed in confident expectation that healing is received and that we often hear people being healed in our prayer line, often. The healing testimonies are there. Some get healed gradually as well. Some get healed as they go, as they leave. Make sure you come having your faith fully extended and that's what's important when you do come. Come down. You know, as you come down, say, I'm going, I'm going down to receive my healing. Go, come down that way. And I like this story. Mark 9, we have the account of the man whose son is possessed by a demon. The father had brought the child to Jesus' disciples and they could not cast the demon out. It was not going anywhere. So Jesus comes over and we'll pick it up in Mark chapter 9 for time. Verse 21, it says, so he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. Verse 22, and often he's thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Please notice that Jesus does not say, it's okay, I'm the son of God. I'm all powerful and I can do anything. No, he places the demand on the father. A demand for faith. Verse 23 to 24, it says, And Jesus said to him, Jesus called to him and said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Again, puts the, puts the responsibility on him to believe. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. What a contradictory statement, isn't it? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Help me with that, will you? It's like when the disciples said, Lord, give us more faith, you know. And um, many can relate to this man because this is the could, would stumbling block. The could, would stumbling block, all right? Just remember that. The truth to see here is that this man believed that Jesus could deliver his son but had doubt and unbelief about whether God would heal his son. You see, his faith was, he, he had faith, but his faith wasn't fully extended. You know, like sometimes when you, when you pull your, your um, what is it, uh, uh, you know, your, what's it when it comes out the side of the car? The, the awning. You know, you can pull your awning out just a little way, or you can fully extend that awning. You know, it's a bit, a bit like here. He's got it out a little way, but he needs to bring it all. He needs to extend, extend his faith all the way. His faith only went so far. And it's so important that we become those ones that believe that God can do the impossible and will do the impossible. That's just a little further extension of it, isn't it? And uh, to the point of giving the Lord the thanks for your healing our breakthrough, our deliverance, before we have the manifestation of it. That's a fully extended faith. I believe I receive. Thank you, Lord. I come down to be prayed for. I believe I receive. Amen. And I'm going to walk away believing that I, I've got it. It's mine. But you're still limping. Oh, I believe I'm received. I'm be I believe I'm healed. I'm going to go off thanking the Lord that I've received what God had for me. And if someone came that wanted to be healed immediately at the altar and didn't get healed, 
we're not going to pack up, pull down the sign at the front, shut the church down because someone failed to receive at the front. Because it, 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 it could be designed by God to happen in a week's time, you know, for the full manifestation to come. So understand that, that we're not going to stop doing that we, what we're doing because we are seeing manifestations of healings and people being delivered. We believe and pray all the week long that the presence and power of God is here to bring transformation. If not in your seat, here at the altar. And, uh, and, and it might be when you go home. Wherever it happens, it happens. And we believe that if you want to come down again the following week, come down the front, we say. But make sure it's, you're coming by faith. Make sure you're coming, believing you're going to receive. You know, the leadership of this church is very sure of how the Lord is at work among us. We understand uh, what his purpose is, so we're not going to sign up to anyone else's concept or unreal expectation of God's power. If you see something happening at another church or on YouTube that rings your bell, gives you goosebumps, uh, please don't try and impose it here at this church or wander off with a failed expectation because that's not happening here. Please don't do that. The cry of God's heart for his church is discipleship. People being matured as sons and daughters of the living God. That may not end up with you getting a special badge, having a special role or function in the church. It may not end up as that. But if you're a mature son or daughter of God, you can go around, you can do miracles, signs and wonders. You can have the Holy Spirit work through your life in the workplace, out in the marketplace, wherever you go. And that's exciting. Because those things are not limited to the person behind the pulpit or the people that pray out the front on Sunday. It's not limited to them. You know, God's call for us, and we know it very well because the Lord dropped it into our hearts in prayer. The Lord's purpose for this church is to raise up sons and daughters who have the Father's heart. And we're excited about the vision. Have the Father's heart. It's mature sons and daughters, a people that are not easily carried off by every wind of doctrine, something they saw on YouTube, a method taught by one of the 10,000 preachers that are out now live streaming. I tell you, you only need to put YouTube on and that algorithm goes to work. Oh, they're a Christian. I'll just download this at them. Boom, 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 boom. It's amazing how those algorithms work. And you've got every preacher that ever went live stream pouring into your uh, YouTube. I don't even watch them. I just flick past them. I don't want to have to spend the time discerning of whether what they're saying is, you know, got some truth in it or not, not much truth or a little bit of truth. I don't want to, I don't even have to worry about that because my prayer time is with the Lord Jesus Christ anyway. Why would I go to another? Amen. Why would I look for another? You know, and 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 15, the Apostle Paul says it so very well. He says this, For though you have 10,000 instructors, yet you do not have many fathers. And that just touches me because I tell you, who makes a great father 
in the church is a mature son or a daughter that's grown up and, and developed and, and sat under the ministry of the word. That's what makes a great father. And he says, you don't have too many of those. And we ought to change that. We ought to be about the business of raising up, not just mature sons and daughters, but fathers who know how to nurture. And it's a relationship, you know. We talk about that. We'll talk about it more, I believe, in weeks to come. Church should know that we have prayed long and hard over what the Lord wants uh, to do here and to know what it is that the Lord wants here, you know. And uh, we get his blueprint for his church by praying, by seeking his face. You see, Psalm 127.1 says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, they that labour, labour in vain. You can do a lot of labour, but unless it's the Lord that's building the house, you're labouring in vain. Unless the Lord protects the city, its, wa its watchmen guard in vain. If the Lord has shown us anything, it's to protect what he does here. So often the new people and the visitors um, that, they, you know, that, 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 that come along and testify of his presence. I, I think uh, when we first came here, we used to call it the volleyball church. But I'd like to think that it's now called the tissue church, you know, because there's so many boxes of tissues around the place. And so often, and I think even just this last Easter, Friday, we had a dear lady walk through the door. And, and honestly, she spoke of having been in the, I think she spoke of being, having been in the township for about 17 years. And she says, I don't often go to church. And I said, well, I thought to myself, well, I haven't seen you here before. But she said she was a Christian. She felt like coming to church, you know, and I was blessed anyway to see her but I tell you what within two minutes tears falling down her eyes she goes oh, I don't know why I'm crying I says it's all right I know why <laughs> because the spirit of God jumps on people the minute they come through the door starts ministering to their hearts so often and um, and we see we see the result of that you know where he's ministered something of truth into their hearts that they needed to hear that day and he starts the minute they walk through the door it's exciting. So much can be received at the altar under the heading of transformation. You know, and I, I do recall, um, you know, my first week at a new church in 1985. I'd left my old church that week and uh, still had a lot of those old teachings that, that you know, teaching that they had uh, been really stuck on. Salvation by works was one of them. A lot of legalism was there, which was causing me to stumble. And I was encouraged by a good friend who recently left the same church that I was in. So he kind of knew what I was going through. He encouraged me to go down the front to the altar. And, and all I had to offer at that altar was just brokenness and strife. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? That's all I had to offer. And, um, but I came down with my Bible and I wanted to get an answer from the guy at the front. And uh, I thought... If the pastor could just answer my question biblically, everything was going to be okay. And, uh, and then I would stay there because he'd answered my question. And I'm so glad that that pastor knew the Spirit of God. And what the Spirit of God wanted to do was to set me free, not answer my silly question. <laughs> can, you, can you relate to that? That's what the Spirit of God wanted to do. He wanted to set me free. And... and uh, uh, we've got to realise that the altar call is not 
a place for counselling. It's a place for breakthrough. Amen? It's a place for breakthrough. It's a place for the power of God to be released. You know, um, I'd just been at a church that didn't even believe that you could fall under the power of the Spirit of God. And um, they used to mock it. I thought it was funny. And, uh, you know, but when I got up off the ground, <laughs> I was set free. I didn't need it. I didn't need uh, uh, two hours of counselling or someone giving me scriptures. I got up off the ground free. And that's what we want at the altar. God's power to set people free right where they are. Even with us not even knowing what's going on, he can do it. And he's just done it that way. And you know, I was no longer in turmoil, no longer in brokenness, and I was no longer in strife. And, uh, you know, let's be a people that don't limit God with our unbelief or our lack of understanding or our idea of how God will move. Know what the Word of God says and act on it and let God be who he is. He is a healing God. And um, one of his names is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals us. Amen. He's always been a healing God. He's always been ready to, to step into someone's situation and show himself powerful. Don't be the one that holds that back because of unbelief. Amen. If you're going to come to God wanting to receive anything, come with faith in your heart and in your mouth. Let it be your faith fully extended that makes the difference. He's here today as he is every day. To receive you, to break through, into your situation and bring restoration and wholeness, healing and liberty. Let him do it. Let him do it. I'm going to ask the team to come. I'm just going to make an invitation as they're coming. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Saviour, as a, as a, as a simple, a simple uh, statement, if you don't know him as Lord and Saviour, uh, there's a simple prayer that we can pray and that we'd love to pray with you. It's called the Prayer of Salvation. It's a prayer that invites Jesus into your life. It's a prayer where you recognise and accept the fact that he died on the cross for you and that he shed his blood for you so that you could be forgiven. And if that's you this morning, I just encourage you to come on down the front, to come on down uh, at the altar call and just say, I'd like to pray that prayer. We had a dear girl pray that last week in, in, in a desperate situation and we know that was a starting place for her recovery. Amen. And uh, prayed that prayer of salvation and got born again, as we say. So I encourage you, if that's you, come on down the front and, uh, and be ready to be prayed for. And be ready to meet and get to know the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's that wonderful. God bless you.